Welcome to r slash, a podcast where I read the best posts from across Reddit. Today's subreddit is r slash petty revenge, where OP blows her creamy load all over two college girls. Our next Reddit post is from Square Dance Off. Freshman year of college, I became friends with one of the girls on my floor named Jenna. We became decent friends after we and some other people on our floor would hang out every weekend or so. Jenna and her roommate lived in a double that shared a bathroom with another double. It was set up in a way that you could walk freely between the two rooms via the bathroom. Well, Jenna's sweetmates were these two attractive party-type girls who didn't care about anything and never cleaned, as in overfilling the communal trash can with used tampons and the like. I'll refer to them as the two losers. Jenna would occasionally complain in passing about them, about how they were inconsiderate and dirty. One day during spring semester, I overheard from our mutual friend that while Jenna and her roommate weren't in their room, the two losers came in and stole her full-length mirror. Jenna was so upset, and she cried at one point. I was livid. I remembered reading someone's comment on a message board about a prank where you fill up a manila folder with shaving cream, slide the open end under a door, and then stomp on the folder. The force of the stomp would spray the shaving cream everywhere on the other side of the door. So, I walked over to the pharmacy store to pick these supplies up, returned, and waited until it was late on a weeknight. I specifically walked by the two losers' rooms to make sure that I didn't hear any sounds, so they were likely asleep. <laughs> And I've just got to stop this story and point out that this next sentence is one of the most unintentionally dirty sentences I've ever read in a story. When it was time, I loaded it up as much as possible, slid my thing in, and shot my load. Oh my god, it was loud. I guess that makes sense when you're stomping on a tiled floor. I quickly grabbed the envelope, ran to my room, and went to bed. I told Jenna what I did the next time I saw her, and we had a good laugh. She told me several days later that the two losers asked her if she knew who did it and that it was annoying to clean. Jenna basically just shrugged her shoulders. (laughs) I proceeded to do it several more times before the semester ended. Don't steal stuff, kids. (laughs) So in addition to writing that one sentence that was very misleading, the title of this post is, You have the privilege of cleaning up my white, creamy mess, ladies. (laughs) So, as I was reading this story, I really thought that OP was going to end this story in a very different way. Our next Reddit post is from KBT. A while ago, I was working for a popular restaurant chain. I was a bartender there, but I frequently picked up serving shifts too. I was often responsible for training our new employees, and honestly, I liked training them because then I knew that they knew how to do the job properly. And because I spent their first few weeks at their side, I also felt responsible for them. Anyway, I had one particular server that was a sweet boy who was great with customers and would literally bend over backwards to please someone. I don't know if I've met anyone who cared about others like this since. As such, I felt particularly protective over this boy. On one particular shift, I was bartending and he was serving a larger party that was sitting near my bar. I could overhear everything that was happening while he served them. The lady who, I assumed was the head of the party, wouldn't give this kid a break and was constantly talking over him, asking for things that we'd never had on the menu, claiming that she'd had it last time, and giving him attitude for these non-existent items. It was basic entitled customer nonsense. I could see the server becoming visibly flustered with the table, but unfortunately in food service, that's what you have to learn to deal with. The turning point for me was when she snapped at the server over a birthday song. 
Our establishment doesn't sing happy birthday to tables. However, we do offer a free Sunday. The server explained this, but she was not having it. He even very politely offered to sing, but warned her that it would only be him singing because the other servers likely wouldn't join in. She was incredibly rude to him about this, and I was behind the bar fuming. As he finally goes to ring in their entree order, she rudely asks him for another mojito, saying that I hadn't made it properly. Another thing to note is that our location is next to a hockey stadium, so based on whether or not we have a game, we'll prepare drinks in different glasses. I made a mistake and made the drink in the wrong glass, so of course I was fine remaking it in the proper glass. She might have been acting like a B-word, but I still did use the wrong glass for a non-game day. Apparently, she thought that she deserved more alcohol because I made a mistake. She sent the drink back, and she ordered the server to tell me to give her more liquor. One thing you never tell a bartender is to make my drink stronger. So, of course, I remade her mojito with zero alcohol, except for two drops of rum down her sip straw. She certainly enjoyed her stronger drink. And she even ordered two more. I hope you enjoy paying almost $30 for three drinks that had maybe a quarter of an ounce of liquor altogether. Don't mess with my servers, and don't insult my drinks. Our next Reddit post is from Original Essex Girl. I just witnessed the best petty revenge. My family and I decided to go to a shopping center today. We get there and park on the ground floor, which was right on the end of the row of spaces. We go and do all of our shopping, and on our way out, a car comes up behind us and asks us if we're leaving soon. He pulls up into the lane next to us and puts on his hazard lights to indicate that he's waiting. As we're waiting, a woman in a big BMW decides to block this guy's turn, half blocking the exit and half blocking the row of parking. After being beeped by several cars trying to exit, she makes a half-assed attempt at parking in the space directly opposite on the end of the row. We load everything in our car and leave, and I witness the woman pulling into our space seconds later, completely ignoring the waiting car. I hear the guy who was waiting exit his car and politely tell her that he was waiting. But she doesn't even roll down the window to listen to him, and instead just sits in her car and ignores him. So, instead of causing a fuss or a drama, he simply parks his car horizontally in front of her car so she can't leave. Then, he got out, locked his car, and went shopping. I've never seen such petty revenge. Down in the comments, we have this story from Victoria Euphoria. I was at the mall with my dad during the holidays. He started loading up the car, and another car pulled up behind us and put on a signal. Since some of the stuff that we bought was fragile, my dad was being slow and careful. The guy who was waiting for our space starts honking at us and yells at us to hurry up. My dad finishes up. Then, once everyone is in the car, he asks if we want ice cream, and we all go back in the mall. He blew a kiss to the waiting car. Our next Reddit post is from Nodak Girl. In 2018, my husband and I bought my parents' house as our first home. Our very large yard came with two mature apple trees and one crab apple tree. Since my parents moved in 2006, an older gentleman has come by and picked the apples out of their tree to use as deer feed during hunting season. He told me as such, and he usually stopped by late summer to re-get permission for the year and check the harvest. In 2018 and 2019, this was great. He picked the apples on the tree and on the ground in a few hours, and away they'd go. 2020 rolls around. Our trees produced one apple on one, and no more than two dozen on the other. My next-door neighbors, who are good friends, asked to have what was up there to make some pies, so obviously I let them have them. The old dude rolls up in July on his John Deere lawn tractor and asks what happened to all of his apples. When I told him they just didn't produce this year, he went off. 
He went on about how that's how he makes his fun money in the mall by selling jams, pies, etc. at local farmers markets, and it's my fault that he lost his income. When I mentioned that he told me that he used the apples for hunting, he sputtered some more, shook his fist, and drove off. So, this spring, I cut down those effing apple trees. Sucks to suck, butthole. OP, <laughs> when he came back, you should have brought him to your backyard, pointed at the stumps, and said, How do you like them apples? Our next Reddit post is from Holiest Marshmallow. First off, let me say that I don't have a problem with religion or Jehovah's Witnesses in general. However, the particular witnesses that have been assigned to come knocking on my door are especially tenacious. Every time they came, I politely told them that I'm not interested, thank you anyway, and I sent them on their way. Anyways, back in November of last year, we received a letter addressed to my youngest son, who was 14 at the time. Let's call the sender Mr. Smith. When my son opened the letter, it was Bible verses. I thought it was strange, but my kids go to Catholic school, so maybe one of his friends was doing a church project or something, so I let it go. It happened again two months later, so again, I let it go. Another two months later, it happens again. Brian, who the hell is Mr. Smith, and why are you sending you these things? He says, Mom, I don't know this person. Now I'm irritated. First, because I don't want anyone contacting my children who they don't know. And second, I don't want people to force their religion on us when we don't want it. It feels like a violation. I check the return address and put it in Google Maps, and it comes out as Kingdom Hall Jehovah's Witness. I am furious. I call and get the answering machine, and I tell them to never send mail to my home that I didn't ask for again. I said that I don't know Mr. Smith, my son doesn't know Mr. Smith, and we don't want mail from Mr. Smith, and then I hung up. I was so angry that this person sat down and wrote out Bible verses to send me against my will, then took the time to address them specifically to my 14-year-old son. If I was getting unwanted mail, then so was Mr. Smith. I decided to send adult toy and lingerie catalogs to Kingdom Hall Church, addressed to Mr. Smith. If they're going to force me to get things that I don't want in the mail, then I'm going to force them to get things that they don't want in the mail. Our next Reddit post is from Arsol. While working on a construction site, someone kept eating my lunch from the fridge. I tried to catch them, but to no avail. The following Monday, I set up a tin of cat food, mayonnaise, and sweet corn and mixed it all together to what looked like a tuna mayo sandwich. I placed the cat food sandwich in the fridge, and I kept my real lunch in an icebox in the van. At lunchtime, I go to check the fridge, and lo and behold, the cat food lunch has disappeared. So I announced to everyone that I don't know who's been stealing my food, but I hope they enjoyed the cat food and mayo sandwich they'd stolen. A fat old guy goes green and runs to the toilet. Everyone else was laughing their butts off at him and saying this has been happening for months and nobody knew who it was. I sincerely hope that he learned his lesson, that there's always someone more devious than you are. Down in the comments, we have this story from KTB. I had something similar happen at my last job. The thing is, the lunch thief never stole from the same person, so they were hard to catch. It was the guy next to me who figured out the thief's M.O. If you brought in a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, it would go missing. So, the next couple of days, we both brought in peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. It took a few days, but eventually, one of them went missing. We only discovered who was taking our lunches when we heard someone crying out in pain. We had both been using habanero pepper jelly on our sandwiches. It turns out the thief was the secretary of one of the VPs, and her boss was none too pleased. 
<laughs> and then beneath that, we have this story from Tired Teacher. At my previous job, there was a chronic lunch thief. One day, they decided to steal the lunch of a woman who was eight months pregnant. She literally hunted down the person by looking in everyone's trash cans at their desks. She found the perpetrator and turned them into HR. It was intense. As a new father, I can confirm. Do not come between a pregnant lady and her lunch. Our next Reddit post is from Annual Mushrooms. I work with a big company that lets me take four shifts of 10 hours each and then have Fridays off. Occasionally, I would get a text on Friday from my boss, or I would get a text if I'm on vacation. This annoyed the hell out of me. Nothing about my job has that level of urgency. The biggest annoyance to me was when I had the day off so I could move out of my house, and my boss texted me that morning. I just ignored it. Then my boss called me, and I ignored that too. He called me again a few minutes later, and I answered it. He wanted to talk to me about something that could definitely wait until Monday, but he called me anyways. So, I decide to start handling things with a little pettiness. Every time my boss texts or calls me on a day off, that's fine. But I won't respond until after 6pm, and I'll always ask a question with it, which makes him work when he isn't getting paid for it. After a few tries of this, he figured out, either subconsciously or consciously, and never texts me when I'm off anymore. And down in the comments, we have this story from Colonel Belmont. Ha, that's perfect. I live in the Eastern Time Zone, and all of my bosses work out of our West Coast office. They don't start work until 9 or 10 a.m. Pacific Time, which is like noon or 1 p.m. my time. So we have a several hours window of time when we're all working, but they love to forget that and constantly schedule meetings for 6, 7, 8, even 9 p.m. I flat out reject any meetings this late, and they give me flack about it sometimes. So I started scheduling meetings at 8 a.m. and 9 a.m. Eastern Time. You know, when they're still fast asleep for several more hours. I just know that they see it as okay to schedule late meetings from my office because we're still awake or whatever. And they see it as totally different than trying to have a meeting when it's still the middle of the night. But F that. After I scheduled a few 5am meetings with those bosses, they toned down the after hours meetings a bit. Not completely, and not all of them, but I guess the problem improved somewhat. I still just completely reject any meeting that's scheduled to start or end after 5pm Eastern Time. Okay, so before I was a professional YouTuber, my job was a proposal writer. Basically, I worked for this giant corporation, this like multi-billion dollar company, and my job was to write documents that would get sent to other companies trying to convince those companies to hire my company to work for them. Anyway, so we had a team of, I don't know, like six or seven people, and that team was intentionally overstaffed. The reason why we were overstaffed was if we happened to get a bunch of proposal requests all at once, then we had enough writers to cover all those proposals. However, the opposite was also true. If we didn't have a lot of proposals, then there just wasn't that much work to do. So there'd be situations where there'd be, you know, seven writers, and we'd only have four proposals, and so four writers would get assigned proposals, and the other three people just had nothing to do. And that was fine. Everyone knew that was the case. The boss knew that was the case. It's just sometimes you had slumps. Anyway, there was this one period of time where I had no proposals to write, and so I literally had nothing to do. But still, I had to drive into the office and be ready just, I don't know, in case I'm needed or something. So on one of these days, when my entire team knows that I have no work to do, and when my boss knows that I have no work to do, I come in like five minutes late, like 10 minutes late or something like that, and my boss pulls me into his office and rides me about it. 
Make sure to come to work on time. It's critically important that you're in your office by 9 a.m. Okay, boss. I'll be sure to show up on time so I can just sit on my butt and stare at my computer for the next eight hours until I drive home. Oh my god, I do not miss that job. Life is so much better as a YouTuber. <laughs> Though, in all fairness, I guess I still get chewed out here. Every time I mispronounce a word in the comments, oh my god, you guys really let me know about it. That was r slash petty revenge, and if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast, because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.